Today on Yap, we're featuring my appearance on the Follow Your Dream podcast hosted by Robert Miller. Robert is a member of Project Grand Slam, a rock and jazz band with 11 released albums and millions of streams. His podcast, Follow Your Dream, was inspired by Robert's passion for music that he reignited at 60 years young. During the interview, I reveal all the times I've been rejected in my career and how those failures were actually opportunities that led me to where I am today. We discuss how I originally left the entertainment industry and how my social media and podcast agency, Yap Media, started so organically that it was basically an accident. If you need a burst of inspiration to follow your dreams, stay tuned in. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the Follow Your Dream podcast. So hala taha. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hi, what an introduction. I'm super excited for the show. It sounds like it's going to be a great time. Well, you know, you're the podcast princess, so you know how to do this better than anybody. Tell me, what is it like for you to be kind of at the top of the ladder? And then we're going to go back and look at your journey there. Oh, what a great way to start. You know, sometimes I have to pinch myself because I feel like I'm literally you know, living my dream career. It's incredible that I can make a living off reading, you know, one minute commercials and I'll, you know, spend an hour recording and be like, wow, I just made, you know, X amount of money. I remember when I first started, I wasn't making any money for the first couple of years. And it's just incredible to have all these listeners, to have all this influence, to be able to monetize my show the the way I have. And I'm just really proud of myself for leveraging what I built on social on my podcast to then turn it into an agency and a podcast network and help other people grow and monetize their personal brands and podcasts. Everybody, do you see why I wanted to have this lady on the show? Because she's one of the few podcasts that is actually making money doing this. <laughs> and she's very, very successful. I'm going to learn a lot from her, I promise. Okay, so let's start back. Because you started out kind of at the bottom of the ladder. I, you know, I, I took a look at your background. You were a radio production assistant, right? Yes. So start with that and let's kind of build up and see how it all came about. Yeah. So when I was 19 years old, I got an internship at Hot 97, which at the time was the world's number one hip hop and R&B station. It still is. And I basically had this college internship. I was a junior in college. Then they promoted me to be Angie Martinez's intern, who was the voice of New York on the top show in America, period. It was the top morning show, top show in America, period. And I essentially became her assistant and associate producer. I was 19 years old, I ended up dropping out of college because they wanted me to work there every day. And every day they'd be like, Holly, can you stay? Holly, can you come tomorrow? And I would skip class. And then eventually I was like, okay, I need to just drop out of school because this is becoming my job. But all the while I was actually an unpaid intern because in radio, you have to pay your dues. And often the on-air personalities that you hear, they may have worked for free at the station for five to seven years and then got their first gig as like an overnight online personality DJ at the radio station. So you kind of have to do that. You got to do that in a lot of places. I have to yeah. say, you know, the, the free intern thing is everywhere. Did it you is. Be in radio, was that your goal at that moment or you just fell into that job? 
Well, I always wanted to be a singer. I always knew that I was going to use my voice to impact the world. So I actually applied to be an intern at Hot 97 to push the music I was writing and singing. But when I got to Hot 97, I fell in love with radio and I was really good at it. I was really good at research. From the start, they had me reading commercials on air. I was always brought on to speak on air. I started my own online radio shows on the side, which is the precursor of podcasts. So ever since I was 19 years old, I was basically doing podcasts, but the, that version of podcast at the time was online radio shows. And so I fell in love with it and then quickly realized that I had much, a much more likelihood of being successful in radio and broadcasting than I did, you know, competing with Beyonce or something. So I went that route. Did you get any of your songs on the, on the show? No, none of my songs ever got played on the radio because I quickly switched gears. It was like within four months, I was like, you know, forget being a singer. I just want to go all in on radio. Yeah. All right. You went from being a singer to being a radio person. Okay, I got it. So keep going here. Okay. So then I ended up leaving Hot 97 because all of my siblings were in med school and my parents are very traditional immigrants. And so I was getting so much pressure because I dropped out of school, A, and B, because I was interning for free. And so they were kind of just like, Holly, get your life together. What are you doing? Like, you should be studying. You should go back to school. And so I was getting a ton of pressure. So I asked Hot 97 to pay me and I sort of made a stink about it. And I think they got scared. They ended up firing me. I don't know if you can fire someone that you're not paying, but they ended up cutting my key cards and saying, Holla, don't come back. And I ended up getting fired. So I was devastated. But wait a minute. At that point, you go back to your parents, you tell them, not only am I the failure in the family because I'm not getting paid, <laughs> but now I got fired on top of it all, huh? Yes, that but they were happy. Conversation. Yeah, I mean, they were happy. They're like, great. Now you can go back to school, which is exactly oh, what happy. I did. Oh, I okay, <laughs> so they're like, great. Now you can go back to school and start being a stop being a party girl. So I ended up going back to school at the same time, though, I got fired on a Thursday. By Sunday, I had a new idea and I decided I was going to launch something called the sorority of hip hop strawberryblunt.com. I was going to recruit other girls in the entertainment industry from places like VH1, Def Jam, iHeart and team up together and start a blog. I had learned how to blog at Hot 97. I used to blog for the other DJs, right? So I decided I was gonna start this website and I started building this website on a Sunday. Two weeks later, I had recruited 14 girls off Craigslist and Twitter to join me to be a part of the sorority of hip hop. I was the president and we had our first meeting at my college campus in a big boardroom and I launched this, this blog. By three months, we were one of the most popular hip hop and entertainment websites in the world. MTV was scouting us. I was going viral on Twitter because I figured out how to hack Twitter, essentially. I was the first blog to at mention celebrities in our blog posts automatically. So I had all these girls hook up to this platform that basically every time we put out a blog post, it would tweet something out on Twitter. And I had at the height of it, I had 100 girls in this organization. Everyone was synced up to this platform. And, and whenever we put out a blog, it'd be like 100 pretty girls tweeting out Drake or, you know, Diddy or whatever it was, and they would retweet us. And so we kept going viral. And so people wanted to, us to have TV shows. We started hosting the hottest parties in New York. The same DJs that I was getting coffee for and feeding the meter for started paying me to host all the parties with them because I had a big traction on Twitter and then basically had like a promotion machine. And so I started this blog events company and it got really big. And, and so I did that for three years. 
Let's hold that thought and take a quick break with our sponsors. What's up, Yap Bam? Being an entrepreneur and working remotely definitely has its perks. And I know a lot of you listening in are in the same boat as me. But do you really take advantage of being able to work from anywhere? I know I typically don't, but thankfully this past holiday, I finally decided to make use of my work flexibility for the first time ever. My boyfriend and I decided to pack up and leave to the West Coast to spend an entire month working from home in the sun. We got a super cute bungalow in Venice Beach with a fenced backyard. The change in scenery, the fresh air, and the slower pace to help me to inspire some really cool new ideas for my business. And honestly, I'm feeling really refreshed and ready to rock in 2024. And who helped me make these remote work dreams come true? It was Airbnb. And Airbnb has come in clutch for me time and time again. Whether it's finding the perfect Airbnb home for our three-day annual executive team get-together or booking a vacation where my extended family can fit all in one place, Airbnb always makes it a great experience. And you know me, I'm always thinking of my latest business venture and I've been begging my boyfriend to start hosting our place on Airbnb. And finally, we're gonna start. So many of my successful friends host on Airbnb and it's such an amazing way to generate passive income. So to start, we have a plan to start spending more time in Miami and we'll be hosting our place to earn some extra money when we're back on the East Coast. 2024 goals and I'll keep you updated. A lot of people don't realize that they might have an Airbnb right under their own noses. I was pretty surprised myself. You can Airbnb your place or spare room even if you're out of town for just a few days or weeks. You could do what I did and work remotely somewhere else and Airbnb your place to fund your trip. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's airbnb.com slash host to find out how much your home is worth. Young and profiters, it's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. With inspiration at our fingertips and powerful tools at our disposal, the possibilities are endless. And when it comes to tools that can truly make your business grow, there's one name that always stands out, Shopify. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the real store with the door stage, and even the did we just hit a million orders stage. And if you're in that I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify magic is your AI superpowered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts from blog posts to product descriptions. Not to mention Shopify also is the home of the best converting checkouts in the game, 36% better than other leading commerce platforms. Shopify turns browsers into buyers. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And you can sell whatever, whenever with Shopify. Push pleated pants with Shopify's in-person POS system or monetize mindful meditation. I sell my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass through Shopify and they've made my life a breeze. It took a couple days to set up my store and I just get to focus on what I do best, creating great content and marketing my product. So don't stress if you're new to this commerce thing. Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. And remember, whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting, and that's all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash profiting to start growing your business today. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. All right, hold on. I'm trying to figure out why (laughs) did you ever give this up? Because it sounds like, you know, you went to the top of the pyramid with this thing. Okay. You got all these women with you and you're 
you've hit the top with the, the, what was it called? The sorority again? The sorority of hip hop. I love the name. <laughs> okay. I can't, you know, you're, you're moving like at a thousand miles an hour here and I'm trying to like hold the, the reins back on the horse. Yes, okay. yes. But does anybody ever tell you that, that you got to slow down a little bit? You know? <laughs> I'm so used to telling my story. Yeah. And I can tell that you want to ask me a million questions. So feel free to pause me at any time, but. Sure. I right. keep going. I like this. You're, I mean, you're going fast. I like this. Yeah. So really to answer your question as why didn't I keep doing this? It's because I didn't figure out how to monetize the blog effectively, right? I was a young girl. We were basically famous in New York and New Jersey, and we would make money hosting parties, but there were so many mouths to feed. Plus the cost of running a very popular website is expensive. I had to have multiple servers and like all this stuff. And I was just figuring this out. I was 20, like four years old, you know, I, I was just a baby. And so I was just trying to figure it out. And it, we weren't making enough money for everybody to live off of it, you know? And so MTV scouted us. And for, finally, I thought, all right, I worked at free for, at Hot 97 for three years. I've done this entertainment news site now. It's been two years. MTV wants to have me and be the star of a show. This was right after Jersey Shore had ended. I was literally going to be like the next Snooki. And MTV filmed us all summer. They got us a studio on Broadway. And they filmed us like in restaurants, walking on the street at my parents' house. And it was like a reality TV show that everybody was really bullish on. And they invested a ton of money into us. And I got my hair and makeup done every day. And I thought I was going to be famous. And I finally thought, okay, we made it. Because me and like six other top girls were going to get a consistent paycheck doing the show. And we had signed all these contracts. And I thought I was going to be rich and famous. And I had finally made it. And two weeks before the show was supposed to air, I get a call from the production director, Tiffany Williams. And she basically said, sorry, Hala, we're moving in another direction. We're not airing the show. I'm really sorry this happened. There's nothing you, like we can do. What does it mean that they're moving in another direction? I have no, they chose, they maybe the, they, they never just, told you. They never told me why. I never got to see the footage. It was just, that's it. They just said, sorry, we're moving in another, another direction. And I, again, it was another one of those like slap in the face moments. And I was, this time I was like devastated. All right. What'd you say to your parents then? I was hysterical. I just remember being hysterical, but there, the answer to them was always, all right, go back to school. <laughs> right. So I did. I went and got my MBA. I shut everything all down. Right, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. You went from all of this stuff, the influencer stuff, the sorority stuff, the radio stuff, and all of a sudden you decided to get an MBA. Is that yes. what happened? Okay. Exactly. Did that make your parents happy? It did, because I got a 4.0 and I actually did really good in school this time. Last, the first time around, I think I graduated with a 2.3 GPA. <laughs> so they were way happier this time around. And so I essentially gave up. I, I said, forget entertainment. I'm never going to make it. I got, I, I should have listened to my parents. Like, yeah, it was fun. I'm getting old and I can't be the, you know, president of the sorority of hip hop, you know, in my thirties, I better quit while I'm ahead and just decided I was just going to shut it down. And I had all these girls. So some of these girls are still mad at me for shutting it down, you know, and still contact me. Like, how could you have done this? Like, you know, you ruined our sorority and all this stuff. But I'm like, I can't, it, it wasn't paying the bills. And by the way, it was a lot of pressure for me for 
everybody's, it was all the weight on my shoulders. You know, I was the mastermind behind everything and it just was too much pressure. And I just thought, you know, if I can't be successful myself, how am I going to make 50 other girls successful? Right. And so I just decided to cut my losses and start off fresh and go into corporate. And so I got my MBA, I got a 4.0, I graduated number one in class. And the reason why I did that is because I knew I wasn't going to get a job unless I like could show like, hey, like I just was not taking undergrad seriously. And I am smart. And here's me sh proving that I am because my resume looked crazy at the time. I mean, I, I was an intern at Hot 97 and the president of the sorority of hip hop. <laughs> That's an unusual resume. I will give you that. It is. Did you do the, the MBA thing full time or were you doing it at night and doing something else? Great question. It was actually an executive MBA that I did on the weekend. And at the same time, I got an internship at Hewlett Packard. So I actually got my highest paying job as an intern at Hewlett Packard at the the time I was making 70K a year, which to me back then was like, wow, like, you know, corporate's not so bad, you know? And so I loved that steady paycheck and I really embraced the opportunity. So I, I got my MBA and at the same time I was working at Hewlett Packard, you know, 30 hours a week. What were you doing for them? I was basically doing social media for them at first. And then I ended up getting promoted and I worked there for four years and I got promoted. I had every single job you can think of in the marketing department. By the end of it, I was running a team of like 30 people and I was essentially the face of the young employees at Hewlett Packard. So I thought I was going to get there, you know, being 27 years old or whatever I was so late to the game. This is my first corporate job, 27 years old. Most people get their first corporate job when they're 22. Right. And and so I was like, oh man, like this is going to be so hard. And I was different. Like I dressed different. I talked different. Right. But I was so much more tech savvy than everyone else. And that made me accelerate my career so quickly. And I found myself jumping over people my age at HP because I was so outgoing. I was like an entrepreneur within the organization. I was taking what's called opportunity set B within my job. So there's opportunity set A, which is everything you're supposed to do. And there's opportunity set B, which is the things that you want to do to increase your skills and kind of get ahead. And so I was president of the Young Employee Network and running all their company picnics and interviewing the CEO and just kind of being a little entrepreneur, like I was saying, within the organization. Do you ever have any downtime? <laughs> Lately. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. You're running at a thousand miles an hour with all these things. And I know you're accelerating the discussion because we're talking about it here. But I mean, you are some go-getter. And I'm just, what, do you have hobbies? Do you have things that are not part of the, the, the big picture for you? I do have hobbies. I mean, I'm really career focused. I would say for the past five years, especially, I was just nose down building this career. I mean, you don't become the podcast princess and essentially start to dominate an industry by, you know, not working extremely hard and being very focused. And so I was very focused the last four or five years. But lately, I've been trying to, you know, look at other parts of life that are priorities like relationships and, you know, having fun and traveling and all those kinds of things. But I, I did feel like I needed to sacrifice temporarily and I don't regret it. Okay. Okay. All right. So keep going. We're, we're still climbing the ladder here. Okay. So we're at Hewlett Packard. So like I alluded to, I crushed it at Hewlett Packard. I <laughs> just got promoted left and right. I was the face of the young employees. And we're going to rename the company Hewlett Packard Taha. 
<laughs> well, I literally thought I, I, for a period of time, I was like, oh, I'll just stay here until I become the CMO. You know, I literally thought that. And I remember I was, so I was president of this thing called the Young Employee Network. And then I became uh, the recruitment chair on the global Young Employee Network. So for those who don't know, especially this was, let's say six years ago or, or something like that. Six years ago, Hewlett Packard was 300,000 people. It was a huge company. It's, it's since then divided into two different companies. But when I worked there, 300,000 people and the young employees were all around the world and there was like 10,000 of them. So it was like a big deal to be like the spokesperson of everybody, all the young employees at Hewlett Packard. And sometimes I would find myself emailing the whole company. Like I was the CEO, like all the time as like the, the president of this young employee network. So anyway, I ended up applying to be the president of the Global Young Employee Network. It was like the last rung on the ladder of this like organization that I was a part of internally at the company, right? All right, don't tell me they fired you too. Yes. So, so, so after being the president for two years at my office and literally starting their company picnic, starting their holiday party, like literally starting it from nothing in New York, and then starting something called HPE Spirit Week all around the world, which is essentially a week-long event that they still do to this day, where like 500 offices around the world participate in the same event all week long. And I created it and it was like a big success. After doing all that, I had earned by every, like every person was like vouching for me, everybody on the board, I had earned that spot. The HR director gave it to somebody who literally had no experience within the organization, who was like local at their, at their site. Welcome to corporate America, huh? Yeah, and that person quit a month later. And you know what? So did I. So at that same time, I was like, checked out. I was like, wow, like I literally did this as a side hustle. And they slapped me in the face. They didn't even put me on the board. So I was pissed. I wasn't young and profiting. I was young and pissed at the time. And I decided, hey, forget it. I'm just going to start my own thing. I've worked corporate four years. I want to go back to broadcasting. I feel like I have done all that I can at HP. And in terms of like my like ability to rise up the ranks and they just slapped me in the face after I worked for free for them essentially for three years doing this whole internal culture building that I was doing. And I'm just gonna start my own podcast. Why should I invest in them? I want to invest in myself. All right. But at that time, podcasts were, you know, they were established, but it it wasn't what it is now. No. And probably, you know, there were a lot of people that weren't making any money doing podcasting. So you took a leap with this, didn't you? I did. I I didn't do it for money. I, I never I actually didn't think it was possible to make money with podcasts because I had been in the radio world for many years before that and made no money. So I was like, oh, this is going to be a hobby, an outlet because I'm in the corporate world. I went to Disney. So at the same time, I got a job at Disney streaming services and moved there and I built this podcast. So you built the podcast while you were at Disney. Is that what you're saying? I started it at Hewlett Packard for like six months and then I moved to Disney. Okay. But in, in the meantime, you were doing the podcast creation, if you will, on the side. Exactly. And by the time I landed a job at Disney, I already had a number one how-to podcast. So the pod, they actually recruited me because of the podcast, because it was streaming services and not nobody had TV streaming experience because it was a new thing. So 
podcast was a, a relevant transferable kind of skill. And so that's why Disney streaming recruited me is because I had a podcast. So I ended up going to Disney streaming, built this podcast on the side. My podcast just slowly just kept blowing up and blowing up. Disney was very supportive from the start because they knew about it from the start and they would allow me to interview celebrities during my lunch hour. And I, and I was just had this executive corporate job and at the same time had a podcast. We'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsors. I want to talk to all you employers out there and let's talk about company culture. At Yap Media, we have a super unique company culture. We are all obsessed with excellence and we even call ourselves this really cute name, Scrappy Hustlers. We're all Scrappy Hustlers at Yap Media. And my team is growing fast. And hiring is a pain in the butt, especially if you're looking for A players that are going to roll up their sleeves. But luckily, when it comes to hiring, I no longer feel overwhelmed by the search for the perfect candidate because I use Indeed, the ultimate hiring platform. Indeed's matching engine always presents me with a pool of high quality candidates that match my job description to a T. If you're tired of drowning in your hiring pool, Indeed is here to rescue you. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging your candidates, making the entire hiring process a breeze. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I've hired some of my best employees at Indeed, some of my best scrappy hustlers. With over 140 million qualifications and preferences analyzed every day, Indeed is constantly learning from your hiring preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets at actually hiring your perfect match. Join the ranks of more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that have already chosen Indeed to hire great talent. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash profiting. Just go to Indeed.com slash profiting right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash profiting. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young and profiters, I've got a fun fact for you. Did you know that by 2030, over 85% of the jobs that will exist haven't even been invented yet? And that's why we need to acquire new skills and stay relevant and adaptable. By embracing lifelong learning, we can future-proof our careers and our businesses. That's why you've got to check out Economist Education. Economist Education provides online executive education courses tailor-made for professionals just like us, crafted by The Economist's own editors and special experts. Economist Education courses are designed to sharpen your professional skills in key areas like data storytelling, critical thinking, sustainability, and so much more. I highly recommend checking out the Economist Education course, Business Writing and Storytelling. It's packed with valuable practical advice on how to inform and persuade through writing reports, social media, presentations, and beyond. The best part, these courses are online, flexible, and self-paced, lasting anywhere from two to six weeks. You're guided by expert tutors. You'll dive into a mix of videos, podcasts, texts, quizzes, and weekly assignments. Plus, you'll get a three-month digital subscription to The Economist to support your learning journey. Economist Education provides access to online forums where you can network with peers around the globe. In a world where knowledge is power, Economist Education empowers you to lead the way. Economist Education is an incredible way to stay ahead in business. And I've got a special offer to get you started. Get 15% off any course only available by going to my special URL, education.economist.com profiting, and then enter the promo code profiting at registration. 
This offer ends on March 31st, so don't wait. For 15% off, go now to education.economist.com profiting and use code profiting. Again, this ends on March 31st. If you want 15% off, you've got to go to education.economist.com profiting and use promo code profiting at registration. Young and profiters, I actually have a nasty habit of ordering way too many groceries. I'm embarrassed to say it, but I've wasted so much food in the past and I felt really guilty about it, but now my conscience is clear with HelloFresh. Each week, I get ingredients shipped to me with step-by-step recipes. I get fresh, pre-measured ingredients that get me whipping up delicious dinners in no time. And then I reduce waste because you get exactly what you need and nothing else. I love trying new foods and HelloFresh has over 45 recipes and more than 100 seasonal add-ons to choose from every single week. It's so much fun to pick out my meals. It's easier than ever to find something that everybody in your family will enjoy. I personally like to stick with the basics when it comes to HelloFresh. I get their meat and veggies plan. I love the options they have for that. And trust me, it's cheaper than takeout and with pre-proportioned ingredients, you'll never waste money on excess food. And now Green Chef is owned by HelloFresh which gives me an even wider variety of meals to choose from. There's something for everyone. I love switching between the brands and you can enjoy both brands at a discount with me now. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes delivered to your door. Go to hellofresh.com slash profitingfree and use code profitingfree for free breakfast for life. That's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash profitingfree with code profiting free. Okay. And for them, they just, they didn't even care about it, I guess, on this, that you were doing this on the side because they didn't think this was going to amount to anything, probably. <laughs> yeah. So it's a funny story because I started my LinkedIn journey at the same time as my podcast. So now I'm one of the biggest influencers on LinkedIn. Right. And so Disney didn't care about my podcast until I became more popular than their CEO was <laughs> on LinkedIn. <laughs> so then they started, they came around and they, they wanted to own my podcast. And I was like, you don't own my podcast. I reported this when I first got this job. And then they like backed off. But like there was a, a one point in time where Disney tried to say they owned my podcast. And obviously they So didn't. you were more popular than Bob Iger. Is that what you're saying? It was uh, the other president of Disney streaming services. But yeah, even Bob Iger, I feel like I'm more popular than him, most likely. You probably are. He's not there any longer. (laughs) All right. You know, I feel like I have to like exhale here because your story (laughs) is like unbelievable. Okay. So you started the podcast, you made the podcast a success, but that wasn't enough for you. You had to go into this, the Yap Media thing. So tell us about that. Yeah. So... I had this big podcast while I was working at Disney, but still I wasn't really monetizing like that. That all happened like at once, right? So COVID hit and that was a crazy time for me because my family was one of the first families impacted by COVID. And so it was March of 2020 and I get a phone call from my sister and she's like, Hala, mom, dad, and your brother, your aunt and your uncle all have COVID. This is right when everything first happened. And she's like, are you going to come home with me and help or not? You have 20 minutes. Let me know. And I'm like, okay. And so I literally packed my bag in 20 minutes. My sister picked me up and we went and took care of my parents who had COVID. And my father ended up going to the hospital and sadly he ended up passing away. But what what happened was- From COVID, you mean? From COVID, yeah. I know. So I was home and- Previously, I was living with my boyfriend. I ended up being home for three months. 
because of this, because it's like, I got COVID at the time, people were really scared of people who got COVID. Oh, so sure. it wasn't like, it wasn't like this, like now where like you get COVID and as soon as you're negative, you're like out and about back then it was like, no, you, like, you know what I mean? You were like dangerous to everyone. Right. And so yeah, yeah. I literally was isolated for three months at home. Didn't see my boyfriend. All I had was like, my dad was in the hospital. I was working from home at Disney. Everybody was working from home. And I basically had all this new time. I had no social life. I had no commute. And at the same time, there was this lady, Heather Monahan, and she's a huge influencer on LinkedIn. She's one of my mentors now, my first client. And she basically was hounding me because she came on my podcast. And as a lot of guests did at the end of the show, they'd say to me, Hala, how'd you do this? how'd you grow your LinkedIn so big? How do you have such a big podcast and you're working a corporate job? Like, could you do this for me? And I'd always be like, no, I can't do it for you. I had a volunteer team. So this is something we didn't talk about. I'll back up a little bit because I didn't mention it. So I've had a volunteer team helping me with young and profiting since the beginning. So by episode two, I had my first intern slash volunteer, who's now my business partner. By episode eight, I had 10 interns or volunteers in a Slack channel helping me. And I, cause I just knew so much. And so these super fans would reach out to me on LinkedIn and be like, I'm obsessed with your show. I want to help get the message out there. Can I help you? I'll build your website or I want to help you do videos. Can I help you with videos? And so I had like one guy from Estonia building my website. I had a guy from Atlanta helping me from vid doing videos. I had somebody in California helping me with guest outreach. And so I started building this like little company without realizing it was a company. Right. And so Heather Monahan was like hounding me. And she was like, Hala, I want you to do my videos. Like your videos are crazy incredible. Can you do my videos for me? And I was like, I can't do them for you because I have a, I have a, a job. I just have a small volunteer team and you know, I'll help you on the weekends. And so I would schedule calls with her over the, on the weekends and try to teach her how to make videos until one day she was like, Hala, I can't do this by myself. You have to do this for me. I'm going to be your first client. You can't say no. She's like, I just had a call with Gary Vee and VaynerMedia and your stuff is better than them. Like, I want to be your first client. Like, you can do this. And so Heather became my first client for very cheap. I think she paid me $500 a month and we started doing her videos. Then we started taking over everything for her. My second client was a billionaire who paid us $30,000 a month and everything changed. Then I started paying everyone. Then I started recruiting more people. I built out a team in the Philippines and in India. Now I have 20 employees in the US. And I just, that just was basically my seed investor was my second client. And then I just got Kara Golden, the CEO of Hintwater, another big retainer. I got Brit Marine of Brit & Co. And one hander got Junk CEO and just one after the another. And then I found myself six months into starting this business still at Disney with 30 employees and making way more money than I was at my corporate job. And then I, I, I ended up quitting and becoming a full-time entrepreneur. All right. I only have one question. When are you running for president? Huh? <laughs> I mean, that's about the only thing you haven't done. So I'm waiting for you to tell me. I do want to get into politics one day, but I don't <laughs> think president. I think I, I think I screwed that up already. <laughs> I don't know about that. You've got one heck of a resume. I mean, you've zigzagged all over the place, but each time you've zigged or zagged, you've gone up. Okay. And now you've really hit the top and you're still young. And that's an amazing story. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Do you ever sleep? 
I didn't for a while. I used to, I was saying like for four years, I feel like I ran on four or five hours of sleep, especially honestly, the hardest time I worked was running my podcast, my company and working Disney. I freaking was an animal at that time. Once I quit my corporate job, it got a little bit more focused, but it was just accelerating like crazy. Like I got on the cover of podcast magazine and like just started monetizing my podcast and getting sponsors. And I had no time either as my, what my first basically year of entrepreneurship, but now it's kind of settling down and I feel like I have a life again. All right. Good for you. So where's it going to go in the future? What are you thinking of next? So I started a podcast network. So I figured out how to monetize my show and grow it. I'm one of the foremost experts in terms of media buying and podcasts and monetizing podcasts. And so I started a podcast network. I have about 20 shows and we just got signed to Cumulus Podcast Network, which is owned by Westwood One. It's a huge, it's like Ben Shapiro's network. And um, so I'm really focused on growing my podcast network and my agency. This has been some experience to hear all of this. I want to congratulate you for all the success. I mean, uh, it's been quite remarkable. But like I said a moment ago, you, you kept failing upwards, okay, which is really something that's very hard to do. And uh, you've got a great podcast. You've got a great agency. You're, you're moving. You keep smiling. I wish everybody could see your face because she smiles at, during the entire discussion, which I like when people do that. <laughs> So it's been a fantastic uh, experience to interview you. We've been talking with Hala Taha, who is the top of the game in podcasting with Young and Profiting. And then she's got Yap Media. She's going to run for president one day. You heard it here first. I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's really been fun. Thank you so much, Robert. I have to say you're a really fun host and my energy just matched yours. So thank you so much. <laughs>